Welcome to Joy Field and Jesus Led. I'm your host, Tony Daniels, sharing real life stories and practical tools that not only let you know you're not alone, but also help you become the emotional, spiritual ninja warrior you were created to be. A relational revolution is sweeping through God's people globally. As the training champion for Luke 10, my key question has been, how do we help facilitate church in ways that grow healthy attachments to God and each other? Today, I have a surprise bonus episode where we get to hear Crispin Mayfield's journey into church as healthy attachment and a small way pastors can help create emotional safety for heart-to-heart connection to happen. Hope you enjoy. Wonderful. Well, I am Tony Daniels, and today I'm here with Crispin Mayfield. It is a great honor and delight, Crispin. So thanks for joining me. I'm so glad to be here. Um, I, yeah, I love conversations with you. Love the work you're doing. Um, glad to have another conversation with you today. So I'm just really excited. Yeah, thanks for for coming back. I'm. I loved. Uh, yeah, I think that. Uh, well, I'll get to that in a minute. So Crispin and I just checked in, um, meaning we just kind of shared how we arrived today, what we're feeling, things that are going on in our family and all of that good stuff. Um, and then we took some time to listen together to God around what he has for today, what he has for this conversation, because I know I have my agenda, but I always want to listen in and see see what God's agenda is. And so uh, we haven't shared yet what we heard while we were listening. And so I wanted to hit record just in case <laughs> and model <laughs> kind of this process for, for people, because it is the way I, the way I live um, every day of my life with most of my friends and family and the way we uh, train people in Luke 10. Uh, to connect heart to heart with each other and with God. Um, so I'll go first. I always go first uh, to break the ice, Christmas. But as I quieted, um, I, wow, I just felt like um, the issues that we want to talk about or that I had on my idea to talk about the attachment and spiritual formation, really, um, that they're so tender. I really sensed, um, I don't know, God's heart or my heart, but I just sensed a, um, a weightiness and a real tenderness around how, I mean, attachment is tender, right? It, it really does affect us um, at deep levels in our soul. And so I think just getting in touch with that a little and sensed God say, slow down, Tony, because I can be uh, kind of a, a bullet train um, in many ways, especially when I'm excited and energetic. And I was checking in as like supremely excited today. So just sense God saying, slow down, Tony, and pay attention I want you to see me today. I want you to see what I'm doing in Crispin. You are right to be excited and fascinated because I'm doing amazing things in him. And I love how you can feel my joy and my excitement around these things. So uh, just felt wonderful. It felt affirming. It felt confirming. Um, and I felt like, um, oh, wow, like I get to see God at work today just by talking with you and listening. And so I can't wait. I'm super, super excited about that. And I'm going to try to slow down and pay attention. <laughs> so that was me. I'm in. What about you? What did you sense? Anything? Yeah, I was um, I was thinking about uh, the the people in my life that have um just shown up in a whole in a really loving way in a way that is um like purely loving and uh there there's sort of like a uh, i was thinking of the therapy term for this which is unconditional positive regard um so that's a that comes from a particular kind of, but, um, that actually is something that I've experienced Mm -hmm. that has been so transformative for me, um, for people in my life that have shown up and just said, like, I just really care about you. Um, I really have your good in mind. Um, I'm not, I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to help you. Um, and I was just thinking, you know, I, I think that is God's posture towards us. And so I was reflecting on the ways that I've experienced God and through other people in that way. Um, wow. and I also thought about how, <laughs> yeah, speaking of slowing down that, well, that's beautiful first. And if I can, 
I had, I interviewed Ed Curry not long ago because he wrote a book called Faces of Grace. And the whole mm. book is on that premise of um, if we took time to actually envision these faces of grace in our life, it would transform us. And so here mm. I, I hear you saying, I just went to appreciation memories. I was literally mm -hmm. just bathing myself in all this joy and love. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that is incredible. Yeah. How did that feel for you to do that? How does that feel physically and emotionally when you do that? Yeah, I really like that word tenderness because I think that is really fits. Um, there's this level of safety that I was able to get in touch with that I recognized that like being able to just like let your shoulders drop, you know, unclench your stomach, not have to be on guard, not have to be, um, you know, just thinking or performing or, you know, worried about being judged or seen in a certain way. Thank you. Yeah. Now, okay, I have to ask this though. Do you do this every time before you talk or um, are having to, to, to do something like a podcast? You do lots of podcasts. I mean, do you do this all the mm -hmm. time or was this unique? <laughs> yeah, this is unique. So I really appreciate you creating that space for it. So mm. it's really, really great. Well, thanks. Thank you. Anything else? It sounded like you had something else you were going to share that you might have listened or. Yeah, it, I, I think thinking about um, the ways that um, that that wasn't um, communicated in a lot of ways growing up, this mm -hmm. unconditional positive regard from God, this, you know, whole loving um, graceful experience, um, sort of in the name of balance. Mm -hmm. Um, and so maybe we'll talk about, the, you know, people say, well, you need love and you also need this. And, yeah. um, and I was just reflecting on how transformative it's been for me to recognize that, um, that you can, it's not truth against love, you know, <laughs> it's when everything flows from a place of love I think I think that's how God operates and so even you know um, places of correction or uh, growth is what I would say you know um, those are all coming from a place of my well-being being God's priority alongside everyone else's well-being um, and and that is uh, that's a different sort of experience what I grew up with. Wow. Yeah. It sounds like you're saying, you know, many times, um, there's a, a polarization of either it's full love and unconditional acceptance, or mm. it's tell you all the bad things you've done and correct you and make sure you live right. <laughs> mm -hmm. But like never the two should meet. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and what it sounds like you're, proposing and what we talk about when we, when we start moving into attachment, healthy attachment is, oh, wow, there's a way to fully love, unconditionally love and invite people to grow um, at the mm -hmm. same time. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And it, it can happen. Like they don't have to mm -hmm. be polar opposites. Mm -hmm. it, it does actually fit deeply serving someone and loving them and seeing them at the same time is possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And ironically, right. when it happens that way, it's actually effective <laughs> uh -huh, Right. <Yeah>. versus <laughs> the mm -hmm. other shame-based duty driven sort of type, type of, um, mm -hmm. correction. That's not, not very helpful at all, actually mm -hmm. in, in growing a soul. Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing, yeah. um, your listening time. It's really love, love listening and, and having that space to connect with our souls before we jump into even more stuff. Well, I've, um, we, last time we were together, we were talking about, um, salvation as healthy attachment. Well, at least that was one of the things we talked about. We really just, just delved into your heart a little bit, but I know your book <laughs> attached mm -hmm. to God is all about that. And mm -hmm. as we talked a little bit, we threw out even on emails, a little bit of what would church look like? if it were healthy attachment. Mm -hmm. And that's what I feel like where I've been swimming in for 20 years is kind of trying to figure that out and mm -hmm. practicing it in different countries and different contexts and lots of people all around the world working on this together of what would it look like if we were to be healthy spiritual community? Um, 
how would that affect how we even define church? What would that look like? And you're coming at it from a little different angle. Um, and I can't wait to delve into it and hear it a little bit. So my first question for you is, um, what brought you to this place where you began seeing what if church is really healthy attachment to each other and God, like, what if that's what mm. church is? Because I, I mm -hmm. hear that's where you're at. And I would love to know how you got there because I'm sure it's very different than how I got there or anyone else listening. So <laughs> how did you get here? This is an amazing place to be. Uh -huh. What brought yeah. you to this place? Yeah. So one thing um, that it, I think was really formative was I was a missionary kid. Mm -hmm. And so I, in China, so we were part of a small fellowship in, in China um, that met in our living room. Um, and so I think on you know, on one level, just having that experience of um, something that's more close and intimate um, mm. and connected and going out to lunch afterward, mm. um, you know, that I think has always stuck in my head. It was very jarring then to come back to the U.S. and <laughs> sit, um, you know, in this huge church of like 500 people. Um, and so I think that was um, something that really, you know, during my teenage years really was important to me. Hmm. Um, and I do want to say that numbers and form are not always indications of health. Um, yeah. but, but I think there's something to be said for, um, the, some of the intentionality that can come from being a smaller group, um, hmm. and how that can go. But, um, you know, fast forward 20 years later, um, I was in a training program, emotionally focused therapy um, mm. for couples. And I did a, a, it was about a year long where we would meet once a month um, mm. for a weekend. And, um, and th that idea of um, really showing up in this really authentic, gracious mm. uh, way, meeting people where they're at. Um, when I think about that mode, that type of therapy, mm. um, the phrase, of course, comes to mind, like, of course, you feel that way. Um, there's just mm. all this like validation. Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of that um, was, you know, it's in the context of someone's uh, relationship in their marriage, mm. where they're coming into therapy, because, you know, things are in a really rough spot. And so being able to enter into uh, a really tough situation like that, a really tough relational situation and mm -hmm. validate and, you know, pay attention to the emotions, uh, pay attention to the vulnerable emotions that are under the surface that are driving these behaviors um, mm -hmm. was really powerful and, um, mm -hmm. and just powerful for me to be a part of that community. And, um, and we did a lot of, you know, emotional processing that was from Saturday. And then I would go to church on Sunday and it was like whiplash to go from wow. this place wow. of like, we are, you know, there's this connectedness, there's this openness to everyone's experience. Um, mm. And, and you still have to talk about, okay, yeah, you, you know, you raise your voice at your partner and that, you know, nobody's here is saying it's okay. But maybe we can understand yeah. where that's coming from so that we can yeah. heal this part so that we can, you know, move forward in a healthier way. Mm. Um, mm. But then uh, being, you know, sitting in church on Sunday morning and, and it just was more like, well, you need to, you know, behave this way. And uh, I remember one one time in particular, mm. Mm. Um, there was a... Um, there was a Sunday where I went right after the training and the pastor got up and said, you know, y'all are on your phones too much. Um, you're avoiding your emotions and, uh, and that's not a healthy way to be. Wow. <laughs> and I guess what strikes me is like, there is this kind of speaking to emotions and, and, um, speaking into, you know, yeah. psychological health, but yeah. coming from this place of like, well, you just need to do it differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Almost like it's product driven, right? We want you to have this product, mm -hmm. but we're not going to tell you how to get there. 
or right, even what exactly. the process looks like yeah, because the uh -huh. process is really, really messy and difficult, but we're mm -hmm. going to just ignore the process and basically tell you to just suck it up and stop being bad. Uh -huh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, something else that was said in that sermon later, I think really exemplifies where um, I, I would, I would say like giving the benefit of the doubt, the tough place that pastors and spiritual leaders find themselves in sometimes what what he said was he said god can handle your grief um god can handle your big emotions unless your grief makes you question if god is good then you have to take your emotions and nail them to the cross and uh and wow. i think it really speaks to this right this double message Ooh, of wow. yes you're welcome your emotions are welcome mm -hmm. oh but also mm -hmm. their their limitations wow. and wow. here's the limitations um and as i've told that story before many people have said well have has this person read scripture because you know throughout <laughs> scripture there are people that are asking this question is god actually good right um <gasps> But I, I think it's tough as a as a spiritual leader, you feel like, well, I have to, you know, have some sort of spiritual guidance here. I can't just yeah. say everything's okay. Right, right. And when we're taught, I mean, the whole model of church today came from enlightenment and where mm -hmm. we were taught that information actually brings about transformation. And so a pastor thinks my role is to give right information that will bring transformation. But in reality, mm -hmm. your work is identifying that that is not even true. Um, right information doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily bring about transformation. It's attachment. It's healthy attachment that can bring about transformation. And so, you know, that just brings up a whole lot of questions about attachment and spiritual direction or attachment and church and what that looks like. And, you know, it, is it even possible to do this in the current structures that exist? <laughs> if the current structures are based on premises that are not true. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you want to address that at all, or maybe you don't, maybe you want to talk about something else. <laughs> well, I think, you know, uh, I, I think there are, there are things that, that, pastors and ministry leaders can do um that i think both create safety and also form us mm. um mm. you know and and grow us and um one thing it is to mm. create that that safety um i the current church uh we're at um i one of the first sundays we were there it was time for communion and um, the pastor, now a, also a friend of mine, um, said, you know, feels like a lot of times when we come to the communion table, we're supposed to just bring the best parts of ourselves or the holiest parts mm -hmm. of ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I just want to let you know, bring your whole self up here. Um, mm -hmm. You know, let's take a moment uh, to notice what's going on internally um, to notice what are the, you know, what are the worries you have? What are the excitements you have? You know, check in with yourself, connect with yourself so that when you are connecting with God, it's not disconnecting with yourself so you can connect with God, right? Mm -hmm. It's when we are grounded and connected with ourselves that we mm -hmm. actually can enter into this intimate relationship with God. Wow. Wow. So yeah. So recognizing <laughs> yeah. that within the confines of the way some people are functioning as church, even though it might not be spaces where you can foment healthy attachment with each other, possibly you can still model a healthy attachment to yourself mm -hmm. and invite others mm -hmm. into something like that, that is safe where you're seen, your emotions are seen at least by yourself and by God, mm -hmm. if by none right. other, yeah. and you're creating that safety for them. Um, mm -hmm. Wow. Beautiful. Yeah. And, and I yeah. hear you're going to do a workshop on this soon. I mean, just to put the plug out there tell, yeah. tell me just a minute about what that is. I just saw it recently and obviously signed up because mm -hmm. I can't wait to spend five hours with you, but what, <laughs> tell us a little bit of where that came from and, and what your, what your hope is out of that, yeah. out of that workshop. 
Yeah, I've done a couple of workshops with mostly with spiritual directors. Um, mm -hmm. One was in Indianapolis recently, and I thought, you know, it'd be really fun to uh, shift that focus even more into uh, people that are in ministry. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, thinking about what is it that um, that I've learned along the way that I think would be helpful uh, for people that are involved in ministry about attachment, the science of attachment, um, you know, creating that trust. And then the other question is like, what does growth and transformation look like? Mm -hmm. I think that's a huge question. Again, where pastors run into to know, you know, they know, yeah, I, you know, I am called to love and accept the people that I care for, but there's also discipleship and what does discipleship look like? Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, for, for so many of us, there's that duality that's come up of like, you know, unconditional love over here and discipleship over here. And so I'm going to talk about even what some of the science says about how growing that unconditional love actually leads us into discipleship. Um, they're mm -hmm. not separate things. Um, and then talk a little bit more about, yeah, what's it look like? Um, when you have to have hard conversations or when you have to set up boundaries or you um, have to do those sorts of things, um, how can you do that in a way that creates trust? Um, and again, that would be, you know, that's informed by, um, I've been just doing a lot of extra reading lately about what's latest in attachment. Um, there's this great book there called Rupture and Repair um, yes. that just came out in about parents and children in that cycle, but I'm looking at um, what does that mean for people that are in ministry? So trying to make it practical um, and science-based, but mm. really also, you know, alongside what we see in scripture. Beautiful. That's exciting. So I have to ask you, are you familiar with Life Model Works and Dr. Wilder's work? Um, That's been on my list <laughs> to ah, get to. But, okay. Well, um, Crispin, you need to, you need to put that fast up there. I've already told Dr. Wilder about you, by the way, um, mm. and Chris Corsi and uh, Ed Curry and a lot of people that are in the Life Model Works movement because it, it we need to meet. I mean, it is time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there is a yeah. huge theological movement that has been happening yeah. of neurotheologians, as they're calling themselves, mm. um, right. writing on these things and, and, and promoting these things, doing relational skill training for pastors and leaders and Christian leaders so that they can literally just log 40 hours in a week of joy training in my brain. How do I grow this? How do I actually attune with someone? How do I listen well, right? And how do I quiet myself? And then how do I connect to God in a healthy way where I can hear him loving me and see these faces of joy over me and that type of thing. So um, really amazing organization, which is why you fascinate me because I knew you kind of sprung up and you weren't attached to this organization right, at all. Yeah. <laughs> and I get really excited when I see God doing things like that globally, right? When I see mm -hmm. someone coming from South America and God's just done this in them and someone from a different part of the States, completely unconnected to this movement. And then another movement in Australia, completely unconnected, right? Because I, I start to go, God's doing this. This is not mm -hmm. one movement. This is not one person. This is God. And he's calling out his people to healthy attachment and he's doing it from many different places. So that excites yeah. me. And, and I want you to know that, that there's a host of follower or a fellow, fellow laborers out there in this field mm -hmm. that I can't wait for them to meet you. And I can't wait for you to meet some of them. Um, super, yeah. super exciting. Yeah. I did listen to, uh, Dr. Wilder's, um, interview with Kurt Thompson just the other day when I was out pulling weeds. And so that's something <laughs> Yay! <laughs> we, we I'm showing a heart. We, uh -huh, we, we were talking before recording about um, school starting. And um, for me, mm -hmm. this hopefully means the first time ever of having both my kids in school. Um, and so it'll maybe go Ask, like I can, you know, I have time to listen to a podcast while I pull weeds and actually <laughs> sit, sit down and read a book. So I know I'm totally with you on that one, man. Yes. A hundred percent. Well, I'm curious. Um, 
I don't know. Have you, have we talked at all about the movement of the Duns um, with, with uh, Packard's research that came out in, I think it was 2015, that 65 million North Americans alone have walked away from church to save their faith because it was not creating vibrant familial family-like bonds that were transformational. And they, they walked away and like 30 million of these 65 million are still followers of Christ. Like they, they didn't walk away from their faith. They just walked away from the institution. That number is staggering to me. And it was in 2015, right? And then I don't know if you're familiar either, but in 2019, uh, 50 um, of the top evangelical pastors, scholars, and church leaders got together at Wheaton to talk about the state of a church in America, the state of the church in America. And quote, this is what they said. The pastor-led program-centric building-based church so predominant in the U.S. today is positioned to die. We have effectively been starting blockbuster video stores in 2019 and no one's coming, right? <laughs> the idea, I mean, I grew up with Blockbuster. I love Blockbuster, but I do understand that my kids aren't going to go to Blockbuster because they, they can just mm -hmm. get it online. They don't really have to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and this was shocking to me because these weren't like crazy church planters like myself who've lived out of the country for <laughs> 20 years. These, you know, these are pastors, um, pastoring evangelical churches in the U.S., traditional evangelical churches, and they came to this conclusion together after looking at this, that something has to change, something, and I feel like God is shifting these things. But Crispin, how do you speak into the system that seems to go against forming healthy attachment. And yet we're, we're obviously pulling for her in every way um, mm -hmm. and, and trying yeah. to train her leaders and her pastors and making these shifts, right? And how, to, mm -hmm. how do you even facilitate a relational revolution is kind of what I'm calling it. So mm -hmm. what would you say, and I know you're gonna do a whole workshop on it, but if you <laughs> had to say in, in a few minutes, kind of the top things, like what, what, would, how, what would your, di not diagnosis, but your, your um, remedy for the, the diagnosis that is existing mm -hmm. in this, church that's positioned to die what are some of the main things you would say look we've got to we, we have to shift these things what what are those mm. things yeah i i think that um one of the one of the things that one of the frameworks that i thought of this through is that um when it comes to attachment it really takes a lot for an attachment bond to to die basically um and so we're really not we don't we don't tend to walk away from communities or relationships very easily as humans um we are herd animals um we like living in herds we like belonging mm -hmm. um and yeah. so you know if if you're listening to this um and you've ever left a church uh, you could probably tell me that it was a long process um, or an intense process or both. And a painful um, so process, for, most likely. Yes, definitely. Right. Yeah. And so um, there's research about out there about couples in attachment. And um, there's something called an attachment injury. An attachment what? I didn't hear you. An attachment injury. Oh, wow. And um, this is Sue Johnson's work. Um, and what she found was there were these um, there are these couples that um, that had some sort of rupture in their relationship. They were going through the program. They were going through emotionally focused therapy that seemed to be working really well for so many couples. And uh, they just kept on hitting this roadblock. It was like, we just can't feel connected. And what they found was that a lot of times there's something specific that had happened in the relationship, a wound that needed to be healed before uh, they could go forward. And, um, you know, the person, wow. you know, a, a lot of times it was an affair. And so the person that had been cheated on, uh, that had been betrayed, um. They were saying, I do want this to work. I, you know, I know that we've talked about this. We've talked through it. We've worked through it. 
I, I want to be able to trust you again. I want us to do this work together. And yet something inside them said, I can't trust, you know, I never again, I will never, you know, I'll never get hurt again. And it was almost kind of beyond their choice. Wow. And that's the way that attachment works is um, our bodies sort of say wow. that, you know, I can't trust I'm disconnected. And so I think, mm. I think for several people, there have been these points of uh, disconnection that have happened. Um, wow. And, you know, you mentioned research since uh, 2015, but um, if we, you know, 2016 and forward there's been so much that's happened politically um you know I know so many folks that are like it just felt like such a disconnection felt like such a you know here here's this thing that that um really care about that I think God really cares about here's this political issue Mm -hmm. and and my church leader is taking the other side and Mm -hmm. that feels like Mm -hmm. such a breach of trust um, wow. I think for others, it's things like, yeah, I, I, I was going to church every Sunday and I just didn't, you know, I had some, a couple of surfacey conversations and, um, mm. it just didn't feel connecting. It didn't feel, uh, grounding. It didn't feel, you know, mm. I, I, I felt like an outsider and maybe that's, you know, you start going to church somewhere, but maybe it's like over time, I just felt more and more disconnected. Um, or I felt more and more used where, you know, I'm doing all the volunteering and yeah. um, I'm doing all this stuff for the church, but nobody's really seeing me. And so there are these wounds that happen. And again, it could be like an instant thing um, or it could be something that happens over the case of months or years. But it's this, you know, unraveling of that attachment relationship. Mm-hmm. And we know that if there isn't this um, attunement to that experience, that there's mm. things are going to unravel. Wow. And so I think I just want to make that, you know, concrete. Yeah. Um, mm. For me, being at the church I was at before, um, there were a, a number of things that, that came up, um, mm. that really, really under, um, undermined that trust. But a lot of it was, um, going there week after week and, um, getting this message of you're not, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Um, you're not behaving well enough you're not performing well enough and it's my job to tell you what's wrong with you and what I realized is it was really hurting my spiritual life with God because it just you know that it just reinforced something that was there before which is God is just always criticizing me and telling me what's wrong always disappointed in me and um and as my as my perception of God changed Mm -hmm. um trust pastor broke down because it was like it doesn't it doesn't feel like you're seeing me and you know I don't expect that pastor to see me out of 200 people but I I was looking around and I was like so many of us are already struggling with feeling loved by God feeling you know we're trying really hard and to to show up every week and be told well you're not trying hard enough yeah. Um, is, yeah. you know, really is, is painful. And mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. so that's my story of, of leaving that did happen over the course of a year. Um, mm-hmm. the other thing that happened during that time was I did meet with church leaders and said, Hey, mm-hmm. here's, um, you know, <laughs> I'm a therapist. Uh, I can tell you that a portion of the people in your congregation are struggling with uh, anxiety, depression, you know, <laughs> feeling like they're not loved by God, feeling like they're not lovable. Um, and instead of being heard, um, pastor basically said, you know, you just don't love the Bible enough. You don't, 
Um, you know, you're not Christian enough. Um, wow. and there, there's another rupture that happened, right. And, um, of me showing up in this authentic way of saying, Hey, I'm, I still want to be invested in this community, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and just to be told like, Nope, you know, we don't want to hear what you have to say. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just so sorry. Um, yeah. and your story is, is just a million fold apparently, or 60 million fold, um, in this country. Right. So yeah. to know that that, that is not even a unique story, even though it is your unique story, um, of how this happens. Um, I find myself, it's, it's fascinating in Luke 10, hearing a lot of these stories, um, because when people try mm -hmm. To when they when they finally get to kind of looking us up because they only find us online usually or or by word of mouth but when they finally find us and we have a meeting, um, sometimes it's the first time they've shared the story right with mm -hmm. someone who actually can see and listen and go that had to be painful let's unpack that right, mm -hmm. um, and which of course is a very bonding thing in and of itself you know, for mm -hmm. people to hear your story and validate it and see it. Um, and so becoming a community that can do that has been a huge piece of who we are and what we train our leaders to be able to, to do. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we've been invited by Christ to heal those wounds um, because we mm -hmm. sensed him saying, I want you, I want you, I want to use you to help mm -hmm. my body grow and mature. And if you're mm -hmm. still wounded, I can't really do that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like if you're still mm -hmm. carrying these wounds with you, um, then you're not going to be free to speak back into the, this, this institution that has harmed you to some degree. Um, and so that's been an interesting process over the last 10 years. <laughs> uh -huh. And it's been a, a 10 year process. I'll tell you for even the leaders of our organization, <laughs> mm -hmm. for all of us to go, okay, I'm in God, I'm in, go mm -hmm. ahead. Let's begin the healing around these, these deep wounds. But like you've identified, they're deep. They are at the attachment level of who we are, mm -hmm. which, which is, is very, um, difficult, very tender spaces in our hearts. Right. And, um, anyway, what do you, what would you say to that? Because I know you're in a church now. Um, so you didn't necessarily leave it and be done with it. You're, right. you're, you're back, um, into mm -hmm. an institution of some sort, which, I mean, I visit one on occasion that I highly respect. <laughs> uh -huh. yeah. Um, but tell me a little bit about your journey, um, towards that healing and, and towards that kind of embracing something again. Yeah, it was really, um, it actually was quick. Um, <laughs> and what happened was, um, I was, I was already friends with, uh, the pastor, one of the pastors of my current church. Mm. Um, but you know, we said, uh, you know, we're going to not put any pressure on ourselves to, to go to church, to, you know, make that happen. Um, so what was sort of striking was, um, was that we ended up going like four Sundays in a row. And, um, part of that was paying attention to mm. what we, mm. Mm. what felt life-giving mm. and, it really wow. was yeah. a life-giving experience. Um, mm. You know, my, wow. my pastor said, um, hey, if there's anything that stands out to you, I really want any feedback you have. Because if you're here for a year, wow. Wow. then it's going to feel normal <laughs> to you. Mm -hmm. He said, you, as a visitor you know, or someone who's just starting at our church. And he does, they, they do this with all people, not just because we were friends before, um, you know, said, please give us any feedback because you're, you have clearest eyes when you are first starting. Um, mm -hmm. And something that I really appreciate about the, this church's mission is um, they've said, you know, we don't mind if people leave for other churches, um, you know, so if we're not conventional, if that's fine. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're really, um, you know, we're the last stop for people <laughs> if they're, mm-hmm. you know, leaving their faith and, um, and really orienting around that. Mm-hmm. And so I've really appreciated that. Wow. Um, wow. And, yeah. And, it almost sounds yeah. like they're saying, Hey, we're a family and we have certain values here. And you know mm-hmm. what, if these values don't fit your family, then feel free to go be family somewhere else. Like mm-hmm. that's fine. Right. Doesn't mean you're bad mm-hmm. or wrong, or mm-hmm. it just yeah. means you don't want to roll with these yeah. values and practices yeah. that we have. And that's okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Very- uh, yeah. Both of our pastors have been known to, uh, to, uh, say like, Hey, you know, there's a coffee shop around the corner. If, uh, if you feel like just having some alone time while you drop your kids off at Sunday school, would be better for you. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, which is again, just that like consistent message of like, you know, I want what's best for you. And, um, and you know, we know that, you, you know, listening to our sermon might not be the, you know, number one. I'm not, you know, they're like, I'm not going to presume my sermon is going to be the number one thing you need this week. Um, Wow. You know, I want you to pay attention to what you need. So yeah. And, and really clear too about boundaries. Um, Mm -hmm. And so um, really upfront, you know, one of the things that, um, that actually I've learned from uh, my pastor, he said, you know, a lot of times what happens is you don't really know how things work at a church until you're three years in, Mm -hmm. you don't know how this money is spent or, um, there are certain doctrinal stances on things, um, or, uh, the way leadership responds, uh, to critique, but after you're there for three years, then there's a lot of you're already relationally connected and it's hard to leave. And so mm-hmm. um, something that they've tried to do is they try to be as as upfront as possible from the start. Um, yeah. You know, here, here are doctrinal stances, here, here mm-hmm. are the things that mm-hmm. um, here are the kind of the boundaries. Um, wow. Here's how our finances are spent. And and that sounds so kind of pragmatic, but yeah. it relates yeah. to attachment because it says, um, I want you to know what to expect. I yeah. want, I don't want there to be surprises down the line. Um, I want mm-hmm. you to have some power here to know yeah. if this is a good fit for you or not. Well, and it sounds like transparency. That's what that sounds like. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Which builds trust when you're transparent, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right <laughs> as opposed yeah. to hiding how you interact yeah. as a as a team because you know there's secrets that need to be held, right? We've all been in those mm-hmm. those environments yeah. as well. Yeah, you know, you've said something. So you said paying attention, invitation, boundaries, good transparency. One of the things, and I know we're wrapping it up because you probably have to go, but um, you have said this probably five times in the last hour. You've said paying attention. I was paying attention. I was paying attention to myself. I was paying attention to my heart. I was paying attention to the to whether this was life giving or not. Um, and you know, I I cannot articulate enough how really we we haven't been trained to pay attention as as humans in general, but, but as followers of Christ, uh, we've been, we've been trained to try to assent to, to, to certain doctrine and believe, say, we believe the right things and try to force ourselves to, to feel the things that we say we believe. And I feel like that was mostly my training growing up, um, in my, I had a wonderful church. I loved my, my 7,000 member mega church that loved me, um, that I grew up in that did feel like family to me. So I have a lot of fond memories, Um, And I have a lot of ruptures as well. Um, But the training I received really was to not pay attention to my heart, to try to shut it down as much as possible so that I can assent to these things that I'm supposed to feel and believe, even though I don't feel them necessarily. I just have to ignore them and fake it, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And yet you have proposed and modeled something totally differently, which is pay attention. 
pay attention to my heart, pay attention to my family's heart, how they're reacting, pay attention to God, <laughs> even mm -hmm. because he's here. He's not just in the Bible. He's actually present with us. We can pay attention to him right now. Um, and, and these invitations and these other things, you know, I just think that's really, really beautiful, a, a beautiful uh, cry to reclaim our attention paying to things that, that really bring life. And, and I, I hear that that's part of what you're suggesting we're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Part. Well, yeah. So Sue Johnson, who, um, founded EFT, um, which is what I'm trained in. Um, she always says that when we're, when we're in distress, we forget what we know. Mm -hmm. Um, and so mm -hmm. when things are rough, um, whether it's like in conflict with a partner or life stress, those things that we, you know, when we're our calm, rational self that we know, they go out the window and we're left with our emotions. And, um, and so that's why it's so important to, to get in touch with those and we can make sense of them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We can, it doesn't, exactly. it doesn't mean that emotions rule. It means that, um, it means that we have to understand what is going on. So if I am feeling really mad at God, right? I get, well, God is good. And um, I learned that and I'm going to try to make myself believe that. Or I can say, huh, I wonder what's going on here. I, I notice I feel mad at God. Let's dig into that. Let's let's dig into that with God. I, I believe that God can can respond and God can make help me make sense of what this is about. And, um, and maybe even help me feel less angry, but through a process of connection, not through suppressing, not through just getting rid of the emotion. Yeah. Yeah. I think those people who say emotions are not important, you know, in the life of faith, I think it's because they get stuck. They, they, again, they only see the option of suppress the emotion and live by faith or live through my emotion and in my emotions dangerous and out of control and it's going to kill people and hurt people and hurt myself and so that's the other option and you're like no mm -hmm. no there's actually a totally mm -hmm. different option out mm -hmm. there that right. most people yeah. don't know yet which is we actually process the emotion <laughs> with uh -huh. community with god through connection like you said and there's a whole different freedom on the other side of that that's whole, that's whole brained, that's integrated, right? And that, that, but that takes sometimes painful feeling of emotion, which a lot of people would rather just medicate through working or succeeding or being a good Christian or drinking or smoking, right? So we'd rather medicate that instead of actually process it and feel it. But there's so much connection and freedom to be had on the other side of that. So I, I'm glad you brought that up because I know someone listening is going to be this whole time, if they've even held in this long, are going to be going, why are they talking so much about feelings? It's all about faith. And I'm like, oh, goodness uh -huh. gracious. So those right. are not at uh, opposites of each other. Mm -mm -mm. Um, God yeah. wants all of yeah, it. Yeah, I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to add a little research piece in there. Um, Dan Siegel uh, who wrote the whole brain child um, in that book says that um, when a parent identifies their and labels their child, um, child's emotion. So just something like, Oh, I can see you're really angry right now. It reduces the, the um, flare in the brain, basically those chemicals by 70%. Um, and I see this happen with, with my couples, right? If I have, if I'm sitting with someone that is so angry, you know, I can, I can say, well, can you calm down or, but if I match them and say, oh my gosh, I can see that just made you so upset, you know, and I, I move my body up and I match them. Then they're like, oh yeah, you get it. And then they don't have to be so angry anymore. They yeah. actually can calm down because it's like, oh, you understand me. You you're connecting with me. And yeah. I think God does the same thing when we yes. can show up with all of our emotions. I really believe God just says, of course you feel that way. Like I totally get it. You know, I totally understand. And that means that we can actually relax. Um, yeah. You know, we don't have to keep carrying that, yeah. that emotion forward. Yeah. It is. It's crazy. The power of feeling seen, like how mm -hmm. powerful that is for us uh, to know we're not alone and to know someone's glad to be with us, even though, 
we're angry or even though we're scared or even though we're tired and uh, it is incredible, incredible power. And I think that people that don't understand that it really is because they probably haven't experienced it and it's, mm -hmm. it is hard and sad. Um, but that is a reality that many people face today. Well, yeah. Crispin, I want to, I want to say one thing yeah. that just came up as you were saying that is go for it, uh, for the people that are, that are in ministry, that are ministering to others that are making room for emotions and people's whole experience. Mm. Um, I just want to encourage you that, that you're doing really good work and really mm. hard work because in so many church settings, mm. you're, you're not only fighting against, you know, your own, like, you know, we, uh, many of us have that automatic reaction of wanting to express emotions. You know, we have to do our own work of, you know, allowing other people's emotions to be there and be okay with that. But you're also working against a culture. Um, you know, people are coming in, um, not, not knowing what to expect from you, but expecting that their emotions aren't welcome. And so I just want to say, if you're doing that work, um, good job, because it is hard work. You are, you're going against what so many people have in mind of what spiritual spaces are supposed to be like. So I think it's really healing work, but it is not always easy. Hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much. I know everyone would uh, just need to take a minute and receive that. Uh, and feel the validation <laughs> that is coming their way right now. So thank you, Crispin, uh, for that validation and encouragement. Um, yeah, I think people doing this in an institutional setting, honestly, are in the hardest place to do this. Um, so, you know, we try to give as much support to institutional leaders as possible, um, because I really do think it's a lot harder. Um, honestly, because the structure itself is set up against this type of being. Um, so, mm -hmm. well, thank you. And again, when is your workshop? At least, I mean, the one that's coming up. Yeah. Uh, if, if you're listening right. to this podcast now um, in, in, in August, end of August, when is your workshop? It's September... It's September 21st on a Wednesday. So, September 21st. And, uh, yeah, it's it's five hours because um, I felt like that was a good amount of time. And I also was trying to figure out, like, with time zones, what's sort of the common, you know, like, if you're on the West Coast, you don't have to wake up too early. But if you're on the East Coast, you're not staying too late. Um, but I also wanted to let folks know that um, it'll, I'm going to record it. And if you want to view it later, it's going to be available for purchase um great for a little and bit, i can i can probably less, put the link so. in the show notes um below yeah. uh for that if anyone's interested in registering or anything like that so i'll be there yeah. uh, several of our luke 10 people will be there for sure uh giving you support cheering you on and hopefully uh gleaning as well from you uh thank you so much for taking time today again yeah. and we might continue this conversation throughout the rest of our lives who knows um it would be <laughs> a worthwhile hoping. one and a fun one to continue <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> well thank care. you so much i really appreciate it thank you so much bye Thank you for listening to this episode of Joyfield and Jesus Led. Crispin's book, Attached to God, is a great place to start for more on how our relational connections affect us spiritually. Also, see the show notes for the link to Crispin's workshop, Attachment and Spiritual Formation, coming up in September 2022, if you're listening to this before it happens. If not, uh, maybe you can find a link to another workshop there. Until next time.